What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Big Ugly's Podcast. The trenches under the spotlight. And I don't know if you caught last week. I don't know, Stan, if you even caught this last week. But I said with a lineman into the spotlight. I, um, I did see that. I did, I did hear that. <laughs> and I, I, when I re-listened to it, I was like, oh, crap. I messed up on that. So I don't know if anyone heard that, but I made sure to get it right this time. Consistency is key in life. Um, but I was just so wired last episode with all the tweets going crazy and the new listeners and followers. You can't blame me. I just wanted to get the ball rolling. But fans, we only got three games left of the year. And I know I tweeted that out the other day, and some people were coming at me. And not in, not like a coming at me in a negative way, uh, but some people brought to the light that the FCS is actually still playing in the spring. Um, and I was going back and forth and see if it was actually going to be televised or not. Because if it is televised, that's awesome. Um, so no disrespect to my FCS guys when I say that. Uh, I'm more so mean just from the NFL standpoint. I'm a bigger NFL fan than I am a college fan. So to me, I'm like, man, there's only three games left, which is pretty sad. Um, but we had a really good weekend of football, actually. We had a ton of great games. So we're going to dive right into it really quick. First game, Packers versus Rams. Not very surprising. I think everyone watching that, um, I'm sure Stan's going to have his opinions here coming in quickly. Uh, but pretty much went how we thought it was going to go. Um, the Rams just super beat up at a lot of positions. And I didn't even think the Rams were that great to begin with. So I'm not surprised that the Packers took care of business pretty handily. Um, so Stan, I'll let you have the floor since you're, you know, the Packers fan here. So I just want to say this. I think on this podcast uh, that we definitely were expecting that. And I think we weren't surprised necessarily that the Packers took care of business fairly handily by two touchdowns, but that is not the case across all of Twitter, ESPN, the media in, in general. Everybody all week was acting was was just talking about this vaunted, this amazing Rams defense. Oh man, watch out for Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And okay, I I want to I want to say this about Aaron Donald. We both, I mean, everyone knows how what we think of Aaron Donald. He's an animal. He's probably, I mean, pound for pound, top three player in the league. I, you could make a very, very compelling argument for the best player in the league. Yes, he was hampered. Yes, he was injured. Yes, he, ha- he, he wasn't 100%. But you cannot come away from that game and not give credit to the Packers offensively, but especially the Packers O-line. Like, they – even when Donald was out there – and again, yes, he wasn't 100%. But Elton Jenkins – I mean, you saw the one play where Aaron Donald got the uh, personal, personal foul um, – they they just they made the they made the day hell for them. The Packers offense was unbelievable. I think they gave up one pressure, two pressures the entire game, and the one pressure was the one where Aaron Donald had a fingertip on on Rodgers' uh, jersey, and he was still able to sling it to Tanyan for like a thirty yard gain. So I just want to say, like the Packers offense, I don't care who the defense is, you're not gonna be able to stop this this offense at this point. Like they are on such a roll. I don't care who your defense is. The Packers are putting up at least 25, 30 points. Like at this juncture, I don't think you can even say the Chiefs have a better offense because they have not shown that in the last six, eight weeks. So, you know, I, I, I loved how the Packers looked offensively. Defensively, it was another one of those games for as a Packers fan where you're like, I didn't feel like they played that well, but they still let up. They only let up 18 points. 
granted, again, the Rams are, were injured. They didn't have Cup, and, and Goff was somewhat limited. But if you watched Goff out there, he looked pretty damn good. I think he, I think he only had two incompletions the entire game. Um, my thing with the Packers, and I don't want to get too much into it, is Mike Pettin and his defensive scheme is ridiculous. The amount of soft zone that we play. I mean, you know, you see that drive right before the half. The, the Rams have three and a half minutes to, to, to score before the half. And I think they got down there in two minutes by dinking and dunking. They didn't have a single play over like 15 yards the entire drive. I think it was nine plays, 75 yards, just dinks and dunks all the way down the field, score a touchdown. So there are those kind of things where I nitpick as a fan, like I wish we did this better. But at the end of the day, you know, you're in, you're in the divisional round and you win by two touchdowns. You can't, you can't really be too uh, disappointed. A few things, because I don't want to get into the, the Packers – Bucks matchup yet, but like that dinking and dunking is not bode well when you're playing against Tom Brady because he'll pick that apart in his sleep. Trust just going to say I that know. now, but I don't want to get into that yet. Um, one, I think as far as like the media perspective goes, I think a lot of the guys also just try to hype the game up more so than it really is. Um, so I always take some of the, what people say with a grain of salt because, like, they want to make it, like, this huge matchup that it really isn't, you know? Um, and two, yeah, it definitely stinks that, like, Cup was out and Donald wasn't 100%. Um, and Co- uh, Goff wasn't either. Because that, that kind of just, like, took away from the game a little bit as a viewer. Like, I wish everyone was 100%. But, yeah, I definitely have to – Ellen Jenkins just handled Aaron Donald easily. And Joseph Day didn't really do much either. Like, the whole Packers own line – they really dominated. And I think a few of the winner, other winners this weekend, their lines dominated too. So it's a pretty consistent theme going on here. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I, I don't really have much, other, much to, else to say about this game. Um, I, I just think it was a solid win for the Packers. And I agree, their offense, like, you, they just look unstoppable right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to say, you know, regarding the Rams – It'll be really interesting to see what happens next year um, in terms of, you know, frankly, their quarterback. I mean, after the game, Sean McVay and, and, and there were questions about, about Goff as, as the quarterback and whether he'd be back next year as a quarterback. And, and you know, McVay kind of gives these weak coach speak answers like right now he's our quarterback, like those kind of things. Yeah. And I just wonder about this Rams team. Like they have all these playmakers on, on offense and defense, but – Again, you see this all the time with teams across the league who seem to have everything built up except for their quarterback. You know, you see that with maybe like the the 49ers last year. Yeah, I was going to say the 49ers. You could say kind of like – Yeah, you could say like the Vikings two or three years ago, like when they made their little <laughs> run. Like honestly, it, it's you see it all the time where it's like this team has – it seems like they have everything but a quarterback. And when you don't have that quarterback – you're, you're limited. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens to that team. Um, they're also losing their defensive coordinator, which is, I, I mean, I don't think that can be understated how, how big of a deal that is. Um, not to mention like the amount of turnover on the Rams coaching staff is insane. It, there were memes and whatnot all over Twitter about like, you know, <laughs> essentially if you're, a, if you're a coach for the Rams and you're under 40 years old, you're going to get a head coaching job next year. Like that's, <laughs> that's just the rules at this point in the NFL. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the, with the Rams next year and just going forward. Cause I think as long as Goff's there, I think they're limited as a team. 
I want to keep things moving, but I, 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 one of my notes is <laughs> I still don't understand Green Bay's draft. And I, I, don't want, I don't want you to go down like a huge rabbit hole here, but like I can't help but watch the Packers. And like I understand A.J. Dillon got some carries, but like he obviously wasn't needed by any means when you have Jones and Williams. And then I think your third round pick was a tight end, right? And you don't really yeah, ever, he, even play? He he got like he got injured. He he was playing first and second like week, like doing actually really well. But he tore his ACL, so that's why he's not playing. But okay, so I want but the first and second pick. I mean, if you could have added like a sick linebacker receiver, it would have been like okay. But you want to say that in the league all the time? It you was the best wide that? receiver draft in years. Okay, yes, you can say that. But you look at the stats. Alan Lazard and and MVS have better stats than pretty much all of the rookie receivers other than jefferson and like who who else was i mean jefferson is an anomaly that's the greatest wide receiver like rookie season ever so like i don't think you can necessarily say like you know and he wasn't even there when the packers were picking so that's one thing but sure i mean i would have listen i wanted the packers to take a wide receiver but at the end of the day even with that they're the number one they're the best team in the nfc that's not even that can't even be you know that can't even be argued. And at this point, they have their running back of the future. I it it pains me to say, but I just don't see how they keep Aaron Jones. So like that's why AJ Dillon's there. So, you know, you have your running back for the future and, you know, in theory you have you have your quarterback of the future. So like those are two things that they have in the bank. So, I I understand all the questions of the draft, but at the end of the day, like the amount of the amount of times you actually have wide receivers that are good or sorry, not wide receivers, rookies that are good. Rookies are almost never actually NFL caliber, like good players. You look at the, the, the linebackers who are drafted early. Patrick queen is, has not been very good. You look at, you know, and I don't want to take PFF for as, as the Bible or, you know, as, as the rule for who's good or who's good or bad, but he's one of the worst ranked linebackers by PFF and same with Kenneth Murray. So you know, I agree that there are maybe other places where I think the Packers could have drafted that maybe could have helped more in the short term and in, in, in this year. But even with that said, they were 13-3, you know, probably the second best team in the league. Um, you know, we improved on last year. I, I, I don't I, – I understand the whole, you know, why draft a quarterback when you have Rodgers. But at the end of the day, like, it worked. I uh... – I, was, I have another question, but I'll hold off. If you win and go to the Super Bowl week, I'll, I'll ask you because then it becomes more of a prominent question. Like it, it, it doesn't have to be asked right now, so I'll move on. Yeah, let's the wait on that. game of the night. And I love this game. I saw some people were beefing on Twitter about it because it was so low scoring and just a defensive battle. Um, but it was an awesome game. This was like one of my – this is like a vintage NFL – AFC playoff game where they're just literally running the ball down each other's throats, <laughs> gaining no yards and just punting and missing field goals. It's hilarious to watch. Big um, 10 football. Yeah. Like I, I just, I enjoyed it. Um, but the Ravens to me, classic Ravens with Lamar Jackson era, you can only run so much with him before it becomes so predictable and easy to defend. And like until Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, until Lamar Jackson, and maybe it's not even just his limitations, but also the coaching, maybe a little bit of both. Like they need to either they need to get a number one receiver somehow, 
And they need to start, like, passing a little more. Andrews to a number one receiver. Hollywood Brown did look good this postseason. I'll say that. Uh, but I still think they're going to try to go after a number one guy. They're just too one-dimensional in, in today's NFL era of just, like, running options with a quarterback. And the Bills' defense shut that down. And I understand Tucker, the wind, he missed, like, a few field goals. So that definitely didn't help them scoring-wise. But still, like, they didn't really have much offense at all. And that just – that ended up killing them because they – they couldn't do anything besides run, try to run with Jackson. Yeah, I mean, it, neither team – I thought it was weird. I mean, it was a good game, I guess, kind of, but not even really. I mean, it was ugly. Neither team played well. Like, it was a defensive battle. At the, like, that's that's what it is. But, and you know, in today's game, if it's a defensive battle, it's considered an ugly, bad game, frankly. Um, but, yeah, Lamar is just – there there's this there's this stigma around the NFL of you know you can't you can't it seems like in in many cases you can't criticize Lamar Jackson because he was an MVP last year and I think that's that's fair I I think anybody everyone would admit yeah but I would think everyone would admit that Lamar is a top five playmaker in the league like the things that he does I don't think there's he's the only guy that can do it maybe no one in history other than maybe maybe Michael Vick can do this some of the things that he does but at this point as a passer he's very limited and I think that showed to in this game um it's unfortunate that he threw that pick six because if that pick six doesn't happen it's a completely different game and I think the Ravens yeah probably I mean they 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 win it and if Lamar doesn't get hurt that's another thing but um yeah I mean they're just I just question this this Ravens team being able to truly run the ball and only run the ball and, and be a successful franchise in, in today's NFL doing that. See, that's so that's my biggest thing. That interception at the end of the – not the end of the game, kind of end of the game. Like, no one – if you have Julio Jones out there or Devontae Adams, that ball is getting intercepted. It wasn't like, oh, he needs a number one receiver. He was an MVP yeah. last year. Like, that was, like those sure. excuses do not – his interception against the Titans was horrible. It was a punt. And that pick six was <laughs> – that pick six he threw right through his chest. Like, no scheme I, or players is helping that out. Like, he needs to himself get in the film room and, and do all that, you know, behind the scenes. I agree with that. But when you have a – when you have a Devontae Adams, a, you know, a DeAndre Hopkins, a Julio Jones, it takes pressure off of you as a quarterback. So, I, I mean, I do agree. His wide receivers are pretty – pretty ass at this point like Marquise Hollywood Brown was supposed to be this this you know yeah. electric like he's, fastest he's like an, player you've ever seen and he barely I mean he's barely a factor out there sometimes like it's pretty alarming how how little he really seems to actually play into games and being a difference maker so you know that's one thing I I do think he needs more weapons but at the end of the day like he is limited as a player on his own like he he has to he has to be better so um you know, it's I, – I don't want to – I don't want to say that this was, you know, necessarily the all Lamar and and and, and the Ravens playing bad because the Bills do deserve credit. Their defense played great. Yeah, yeah, they, for sure. They had a great plan to stop them. Um, and, you know, that's not something that I think a lot of teams have done to Baltimore. Like, as we were talking in this game – before this game, Baltimore was maybe the hottest team in the league. So, mm-hmm. They deserve a lot of credit for stopping them, but that doesn't take away from the fact that I think the Ravens, they, they have issues that they need to figure out for, you know, next year and going forward. Yeah, I see your point too, because 
if you have more outside threats, you can't stack the box like the Bills are doing. Like, there's mm-hmm. they look no worry. Like, Willie Sneed was catching wide yeah, open, right? like, nine-yard slants. And it was like they were willing to give a few of those up because they knew, like, well, they're just going to try to go back to the running the game eventually. So, we'll, we'll yep. allow that to happen. So, I, I – exactly. I'm not saying Lamar's trash or anything. Like, I think he's a great or great kid. I'm rooting for him, even though I'm a Steelers fan. Like, he seems like a really cool dude. But it seems to me, if they want to get over the hump in the playoffs, like you gotta you gotta start passing a little more. Like, I think he had mm-hmm. he'd like two he'd like two or three attempts into like mid second quarter. Like, that's just wild. To, that like, is crazy. Even like back in the day, that's a, that's very that's very few. Um, but you can't you can't win in the NFL throwing. No, like, that's what I'm saying. Doing that, it, it's so rare that that happens. You see it every once in a while, but and and when you see it, it's like all over Twitter. It's all over ESPN because people are like, "Holy shit! How did they win yeah. a game with only like 15 passes?" Because today in today's league, everything is is everything is uh, targeted towards a passing league. You know, almost every rule favors the offense you know, playing DB, I don't know how you play DB without fouling on every play. Like it's incredible. So, you know, in today's league, it just by the rules, just by everything is, is pointing towards being a passing, passing league. When you can't do that, you're limited as a team. But I do want to say this, you know, about the bills, the bills, they have not played their a game yet in these playoffs. They have not played even close to their A game yet in these playoffs. And I think they have a, as good of a chance as anyone this week to knock off the Chiefs. The Chiefs have not been playing well. We've been saying it for – I think it's been nine straight weeks that the Chiefs haven't covered. So, like, that, that's, you know, that's gambler speak. But, but that does – Good teams that does, cover. No, it's – I mean, that says something about how this team is playing. They, they're letting teams stay close. So, that's, a, that's something that is really concerning. And, and the Bills, if they're able to put together, a, you know, an, a B-plus, A-minus game, they can easily yeah. beat the D. Josh Allen has a hose. Like, he so – he, I, don't, I don't think they even completed any of the deep balls. <laughs> it might have been because of the wind. But, like, watching him just load up and launch a ball is just crazy to see. Like, he effortlessly throw – he effortlessly, effortlessly – throws it like 60 70 yards in a game like there's casually. there's no more exciting like sight on the field than josh allen like stepping into a throw tilting his shoulders upwards like he's going deep and you're like oh shit this thing might go out of the stadium like it's this crazy. thing would be an absolute bomb he <laughs> when you see that guy throw the ball it's pretty it's pretty incredible and it, it reminds me I remember when he was in the combine and I'm one of those nerds that loves the combine, loves the draft. Like I love that shit. And so I, I like, I remember watching Josh Allen at the combine, like when he was throwing and he was like, just on, on those go routes where it's literally just show off your arm to the quarterbacks. He would wait mm-hmm. like an extra two seconds over every quarterback and just huck it like 75, 80 yards. Just disgusting. Crazy. I, so one of his teammates was on an interview it might have been the Pat McAfee show, and he asked him, like, how far if he, how far has he thrown in practice, or you like you think he can? And he said like ninety to hundred yards. Like, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to doubt the guy, but like, I don't know if he's hyping him or what. But like, after seeing some of his throws, if he's at the right altitude, like, yeah. I could see him. I could see him hitting that. He is an animal. Um, I I want to say one more thing about this game, and and this is something that I've like thought about this year a lot with wide receivers and you know given 
I'm a Packers fan. Like, obviously, I, I love Devontae. But with this game with the Bills, Diggs is just a stud. Like, no one can stop him. The, the Ravens have probably the best, uh, you know, corner tandem in the league with Humphreys and with uh, Marcus Peters. And Stefan Diggs still had eight for 106 in the tutty. Like, he's just a stud. You can't stop him. And so, at this point, I kind of want to have a discussion about, like, who do you think is the – if you had to rate, rate your top three, rank your top three wide receivers going into next year, who would it be? Like, that is a tough question in my opinion. Because I think previous to this year, it was very clearly, you know, I think it was clearly Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and then, you know, at three, you can maybe slide in. And I don't know, who, who would you say? Well, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I have uh, in my notes – Allen and Diggs continues like to shine. Yeah. Like they're just so good together. Like, yeah, they're just, I, they're unstoppable. They score every week. Diggs anytime score has been hitting just as much as Adams oh, yeah. anytime score. Oh yeah. Um, but I agree. Cause I, I still like D hop a lot. Like, I think he's still really good. Um, and Justin Jefferson, I think his name has to be up there now, but like, it's tough because, you have to include Devonte Adams. Like, has to be like a clear number one at this point. Like, don't you, like in terms of production. Like, sure, he may not be the most gifted and like freaky receiver, but in terms of production, you have to put Devonte Adams as number one um, in the league. And Diggs, Diggs route running, and he's crazy good. Crazy. He he reminds me a lot of Devonte actually. Like, they're not like DK Metcalf streaking the field, making spectacular catches and catches at like runs after the catch yeah. their route running is ridiculous like Diggs yeah. getting open is just he like he was smoking jimmy smith and jimmy smith's like one a very good corner he like made oh, yeah. him looking yeah that's that's something i that i've talked about with with uh some friends of mine like Devonte, in my opinion before the catch you know after the catch he's still a very dynamic player he can make some guys miss and and, you know, we saw that a couple times this week against Jalen Ramsey and, and others on the Rams. But it, before the catch, to the point of the catch, I think Devontae and, and Diggs are clearly one-two. Their route running separates them from everybody else in the league, and I don't think anyone necessarily is even close. Like, you know, you look at, you look at Tyreek, you look at Julio Jones, like they're just physical freaks. And that's not to say they don't run great routes as well, but they're physical freaks. And they can make – I mean – once they have the ball in their hand, I'm I'm scared shitless as a defense. But before the play, like Devontae and Diggs are so, somewhat sort of unassuming guys because they're not like overly speedy. They're not overly, you know, strong, overly big. Like there's nothing that physically they do that's incredible, but their route running is just so crisp. It's so so disgusting you can't stop it and you know i love i love ocho cinco and you know his with Devonte <laughs> adams like he was crying watching Devontae <laughs> yeah. adams run routes like that that just shows you like that's that's a bad bad man right there i think in no order just looking at this i think it'd be Devonte, deandre hopkins stefan diggs tyree kill and justin jefferson like those would be like this would be the top five guys I would, I would I would just want on my team. Sheesh, you're taking Jefferson over over uh, Julio? I mean, Julio's, Dude, is Julio's so kinda, injured nowadays. Ridley's but. The, yeah, that's what I mean. He doesn't score anymore. Ridley's the guy on their team that's been balling this year. But 
Dude, like, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're still, yeah, as a perspective, like, who's the best going into next year? Like, who you would, like, want in your team draft? Like, I'm taking Justin Jefferson over Julio Jones. Yeah, Jefferson, it, was, also, Jefferson was that special this year. Like, he looks like he's going to be, like, a, a generational kind of guy. Yeah, it's also th- – th- this conversation is always, also always difficult because you have to take into account the quarterbacks. Like, quarterbacks matter in, in this discussion. He was with so, Kirk Cousins, dude. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you know, Justin Jefferson with Kirk Cousins versus Devontae with, with you know, Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'd, <laughs> yeah. still, I'd still, you know, if I had to draft everything even tomorrow, like, in a game, I'd still draft Devontae Adams. But there – I mean, it does – the quarterback means a lot when it comes to receiving yards. So yeah, definitely. You know, and and that's when I that's when I think of guys like, you know, I don't know, like like Allen Robinson, uh, Terry McLaurin, um, you, you know, some of these guys that don't have the greatest the greatest quarterbacks, but they're still producing like crazy numbers. I would love to yeah. see some of those guys with a better quarterback, but you know, there's only so much you can do. Speaking of good quarterbacks. Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs had a scare against the Browns. And I, re- I read today that Mahomes practiced today in full. And, mm-hmm. I mean, unless something crazy happens, I fully expect him to play. Like, you're going for a Super Bowl. I, like, I, I'm not saying, like, you risk his safety by any means. But, like, I'd be surprised if he wasn't ready to go for Sunday's game. Just some, just some like – the history of the NFL and how that stuff works out. Um, but that, that was a really good game. And I tweeted out, Hey, Browns win. I'll buy a Jersey for somebody. And it came damn close when Mahomes went out. Came right down was, to it. And it was kind of sweet though. Cause I was like, this is kind of legit. Like imagine the Browns with the chiefs and I get to like shell out a Wyatt Teller Jersey. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, but the Browns played well. They, and I think one thing we obviously have to talk about, is the touchback rule, the fumble into the end zone touchback. Are you, are you pro that rule or do you, you not care about it or do you think it needs changed? Because so I've, I've heard a lot of – sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say, like, right off the bat, it's like, oh, it's so stupid, it's dumb. But then, like, I have heard like, in a, a reasonable manner kind of explain, like, there, ha- there should be some kind of penalty for that. Like, how do you, how do you negotiate that, I guess? I, yeah. I, I do think it's really extreme, but I also there maybe there should be some maybe it goes to the twenty or something, you know? Yeah. So that's the thing is like with these kind of rules, it's like I don't even know what you do to change it. Like, I mean, I guess you just have to be kind of creative as a as a league to decide what you're going to do. But yeah, I mean, it does seem like a lot that you know you fumble it, no one recovers it, but then you know, fuck yeah, it, let's just tough. give it to the defense. Like, <laughs> like it just seems kind of weird and random. But at the same time, it's like you look at it, and I talked about it earlier. Every single rule in the book favors the offense. Like, you, why not have one weird one that favors the defense, you know? Uh, yeah. So it, and, and, and it is something that happens so rarely that, you know, I, whenever it happens, people always bring it up. But now that it happens in a playoff game when it really matters in a close game like that, then it becomes a discussion of, yeah. you know, does this need to be changed? It's the same as with the pass interference rule against with the Rams and the Saints, where that I mean that ruined the the Saints' chance of going to a Super Bowl. And then the next yeah, year they bad. changed the rule. They changed the rule the next year, and then everyone went batshit crazy and was like, "These reviews are pointless. Like these reviews never get the call right." It seems like so you know, 
and that's a little different, obviously, because pass interference happens a lot more than, you know, this, this, you know, particular play, but yeah, I mean, man, I just feel for the Browns that of course they're, they're, first run with a real chance at like advancing the playoffs to like a champion, a, a, you know, conference championship and they get bitten by the weirdest rule in football. Like it's just, it's so Browns and I feel for them and it sucks for Richard Higgins. Cause it's like, you know, I, I heard that Stefanski said, and I know Bill Belichick has said for a long time, like never reach for the end zone. Like that's a rule on this team. Don't reach for the end zone. It's not worth it. Risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. But as an athlete, as a player, it's so hard to not, you know, instinctually try to do that. You know what I mean? So I can't, I can't be mad at Higgins for, for having done that. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it, it just, I, I feel for the Browns really is, is all I have to say. I just think it's hilarious. Like when you're talking about football, I just, I just like picture this rule being made up and like, back in like a beer league <laughs> they're like like the ball went out of bounds but like no one got right, like what do we do here boys and they're just like yeah defense gives the ball i guess and i always think like <laughs> hockey's the same way like the cracks to about hockey is like the if you're bleeding on a high stick you, then it's a five or oh, yeah. four or whatever it's like i could i just picture like the first time that ever happened a bunch of freaking canadians are up like <laughs> you, he's like, oh, you, like he's bleeding. Like there has, there has to be worse than it too. He's bleeding. Yeah. Like, you know what? That's right. That's a four. You get to the box. Yeah, like like someone like, hit someone like at one point, like in the chest. Like all right, that's high sticking. Come on, go to the box. And then the next time, someone gets whapped in the face and they're bleeding. And they're like, yeah. Well, how is that the exact same? Like, yeah. uh, uh, we'll give them five minutes. Yeah. Well, we got to change. Yeah, we got to make a rule here. That's un- that's unacceptable. That's yeah, I, exactly. I just love that. I feel like it, that just feels like one of these rules is just like it kind of it's kind of getting outdated. But to your point about reaching the end zone, I agree. It like he could he could have just went out like to one or two and like Chubb or Mayfield could even snuck it in, you know. So yeah, and it is unfortunate, especially with that having been you know it was a first down and he was reaching for it, not like you know third and goal second and goal at the three yard line where it's like we need to punch this this thing in like they had just that was a 25 yard 15 yard completion like big completion for first down it's just like dude just go down at the one and you'll run it in with chubb yeah it sucks but it's like i I, at the same time it's like i get it dude you're you're trying to make a play for your team i can't fault you for that but it just sucks it ends that way you know yeah yeah that that ended up being like a pretty big play honestly um, I'll I'll say this for the rest of the game. I'll say this. I had I had Chiefs over uh twenty three and a half points, and they ended with seventeen. Could have used that seven, but um, <laughs> you know, it, sometimes it happens that way. But yeah, man, it's just it it sucks. Um, but that's not to take away from the fact that it was still a great game. I want to give credit to Baker. You know, even though the Browns only scored seventeen points, Baker was pretty sharp. I mean, he played yeah. really well. He deserves a lot of credit for keeping them in that game, I think. Um, and it was weird, too, because their running game was surprisingly efficient, too, for only having scored 17 points. It was weird, a weird game that it ended with, you know, with the Browns only scoring 17 points, even though they were pretty efficient offensively. Yeah, Baker, Baker was really good down the stretch. I think it was, like, last six to eight games, he had, like, one turnover one or two interceptions, like very little. Like he did a really good job of just playing his role versus like yep. doing something crazy. Like, like he like used to do in his earlier career, he'd always try to make it 
extra play or crazy play to Odell and throw a pick or something. But he like he was really good at like realizing I don't need to do that to be like a very good quarterback in this league. Yep. And I guess the one announcer said it best. Like you just gotta like once you find a way to win the NFL, like just stick to that. It doesn't really matter if you have wild stats at the end of the day, as long as your team's winning, that's kind of all that should matter at least. Um, but then obviously Mahomes went down weird play. Like super weird. I saw some people say, you don't, you don't stop play certain play calls because all of a sudden he's worth so much money now. But like, to me, I don't like, I just don't like running Mahomes like that. Like you can say what you want. Like, Tom and, all, Tom and always says, don't live in your fears. But like, you know what? This guy is like $500 million. Why, why after all the options we have, like Hill, Kelsey, yep. all the running backs they have, like they're going to run an option, speed option with Pat Mahomes and get his head taken off. I just yeah. – I'm not necessarily a fan of that play call. Um, I don't know if you have any opinion on that or not. I mean, I, I agree to an extent. I mean – you know, maybe maybe when it's not necessary. I, I don't know. Honestly, I, I didn't mind the play call. It was just such a weird play because he didn't even look like he hit his head. Like, I he he got wrapped up, like, almost kind of choked. He was in, like, a, you know, rear naked chokehold almost. But it didn't seem like he hit his head. Like, the, the it was a Mac. He didn't hit his head. And he didn't hit his head on the ground either. So, it was super weird when he then stood, I mean, tried to stand up and he couldn't, it looked, I mean, it reminded me of you he, in, he back on, in college, dude. Like it was, it, he, he had a <laughs> stanky leg going. It was crazy. He was like, when he, right when he got off, he was like, whoa, he's out. Like you could tell yeah. he was gone. He didn't know, he didn't exactly. know where he was. And yeah, I, yeah, it, see, like, I didn't think, I didn't think he like, it didn't look that bad. So when he got up, because if, I don't know. Maybe this is obvious to everybody. I feel like when you you can just tell, like as a former player, like that guy's loopy right now. Yeah. But it was it was, oh, I mean, it was weird. It was be it was weird because it, it didn't look like a serious like head hit at all. Yeah, I mean that one was clear to everyone that he was loopy. I mean that you could see that from a mile <laughs> away. And then Chad Henney came in and just oh his first his first long ball was bad. That was he just threw that threw an interception for no reason basically. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty. He was pretty sharp. Aside from that, that yeah. Aside I mean, from that, he did well. Exactly. So you know, but with all this said, I don't think anyone. Well, okay. I, I'll give the Chiefs a chance if Mahomes doesn't play, but it's unlikely. Oh but, no way! No way! If Mahomes I mean, doesn't play, there's no way. The thing is, though, you got you got Andy Reid. I mean, he's still a great coach. He's still going to scheme up some great plays, regardless. So I, I won't say that they're completely out of it if, if he's not in, but I mean, it would obviously be a major, major loss if, if yeah. uh, he, he didn't end up playing. And hopefully for, for our sake, he plays just because that would be unfortunate for just the game, the game itself. The like, yeah, exactly. Um, in our last game, Saints versus Bucks, this was a really good game until the cook fumble kind of, there's always one game. There's always one play that when it happens, you just know, like, that's not good for the Saints. Yep. And that kind of was the downturn. Granted, Brees threw tons of interceptions, and he didn't look very good. Um, but that, like that, right after that Cook fumble happened, all the momentum went to, to Tampa Bay. 
Um, and they, they, their offense didn't necessarily play that well, but their defense played great. And when you give Brady the ball at the 20 yard line, like three times, like you're going to, you're probably going to lose the game. Um, yeah, but, that's, that's the thing is like the Bucs didn't even play well. Like they really didn't. And it was just breeze. What do you throw three picks? And yeah. you know, that Jared cook fumble was huge. You know, it, it just was, it was a weird game. Uh, I think it sucks for, it sucks for breeze to have that kind of game at the end of his you know, last game of his career. But if you watch the game, I mean, you watch the games all year, watch him. He is so hesitant to throw it downfield. And when he does, it looks terrible. Every time he tried to throw it past, you know, yeah, 10 yards, he was done. it looked horrible. So, you know, um, <laughs> how that James play? <laughs> he came in and just threw a touchdown, like so easily too. Like there's no one around. I'll, when it happened, I was like, what like how is that so easy there was just no one there like if you're bringing Jameis Winston in the game you're they're probably gonna actually attempt the downfield throw yeah you know I don't know what was happening there I said this earlier that you know this Saints team could potentially be a Peyton Manning Brock Osweiler situation where you know Osweiler took over for the for the Broncos for a while and when when Peyton just frankly didn't have it towards the end of of his career I don't understand. I mean, I, I get it. Like Breeze is sort of a legend in that town, but like, can you tell me confidently that the Browns or that the Saints are better with Drew Breeze playing than with uh, say if Jameis had been playing that whole year, like that whole game, like I Jameis will, will Jameis giveth and he taketh away. No yeah. doubt. You saw it last year. But he can actually make plays, like dynamic plays downfield. Breeze can't do that anymore. Yeah. James is a gunslinger. Like, like he'll throw 40 TDs with 40 picks. But, like, he, exactly. at least he lets it fly, you know? It kind of yeah. opens up the offense. But yeah, I, I agree. Saints offense with Breeze, it honestly reminded me of the Steelers offense with Ben. Like, yep. just, short, just short throws, like yeah. slants across the middle. Once in a blue moon, they'll try to throw deep, but doesn't really connect. They just Breeze looked like he was like he just looked bad. But can we can we also talk about the downfall of Michael Thomas? Like yeah. last year, he was un, undoubtedly like everybody in everyone's mind. Like he's the best wide receiver in football. And I, I saw some tweets that were just hilarious. Like like Michael Thomas just is getting paid a hundred million dollars to do cardio out there. <laughs> Dude's not even, not even a factor out there. So it's, it's pretty incredible how like Sanders was clearly Drew Brees. Yeah. Like first, first look in almost every, every play it looked like. Yeah. I, I'm, I was never a Michael Thomas fan. This, it, he, I, I don't know. I just, I've never really liked him that much. Um, but I guess he was injured a bunch this year rumor has it that he's getting a bunch of surgeries and yep. he like he played through it for breeze but still like yeah he was basically like not even noticeable out there so i'm do you think is this like the end of the uh the saints runs like what do they what do they do from here like who's their quarterback next year Jameis? i mean Taysom hill honestly i don't think it is i think the saints they still have a lot of pieces i know i don't know what their what their salary cap situation looks like and you know who who's a free agent and whatnot but there's still a sound team everywhere for the most part, except for at quarterback at this point. So like, you know, whether it's, it's, they hand over the reins to Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, or maybe they, you know, pick a guy up in free agency. 
which I don't know who's going to be. Oh, I mean, dare I say Dak Prescott? You know, he hasn't been signed yet. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see. I, I still think I still think they have a chance to, like, be, you know, competitive. But, yeah, there's so much. When, when, when your quarterback is the question, is your biggest question, yeah, it's, hard to, that's it's hard to depend on that team and, and say confidently that I think this team will be able to, you know, survive. But I got to say, Devin White and David at linebacker, they're just nuts. They're, we talked about it last week. They're both so good. Like, it's actually just a treat watching them <laughs> track down screens, go like blow up run plays. And, and they, don't all, they don't necessarily always make the tackle, but like, they'll just, you'll just see a missile fly on the screen and just take out the lead blocker and blow up the yep. whole play. It's so satisfying to watch. But it's not only those guys either. You know, Antoine Winfield Jr. is a stud. He's sick. He's stud. Carlton Davis is a great corner. Sean Murphy Bunting, great corner. I mean, they have playmakers all over Murphy that defense. Bunting. And that's not even that's not even, you know, t- talking about, you know, Sue and and you got well, you yes. know, you got Sue, you got Shaquille. Sue's Perry, been playing well too. You got JPP. I mean, that's just a solid defense all around. It's hard to it's hard to really nitpick that defense and you know and a good club. Even with that though, dude, I mean some of those you Turnover turnovers are the defense deserves credit, but there's also something to be said about turnover luck. So, you know, I think the fumble was just weird timing. I think on, on, you know, Jared Cook's stride and the throw that, to Kamara that, that Drew Brees made that uh, um, was it white who picked that off? I mean, that's a good play by white, but also just like what was Drew Brees doing? Yeah. Into next week. I'd put him at a running back that next series. It looked like um, who was it? Uh, uh, Cam Akers on Zadarius Smith. I don't know if you saw that, but he put Zadarius oh, Smith yeah, into the I ground. Did. And and somebody I saw. I think it was Stephen Abe's burner account who said like, did did Cam Akers just Derrick Henry uh, Zadarius Smith? Like, yeah, it, it was, was pretty funny. But but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like you have to give the Bucks credit. The Bucks defense a lot of credit. They were pretty lights out for the most part of the game. And, um, you know, ultimately they are the reason they won. The, the Bucks offense was not, not good, frankly. I mean, they had how many short fields. Um, so, you know, I, you, you have to, you have to give a lot of credit to the, uh, the Bucks defense. Yeah, I agree. And when Drew Brees walked the field, you got to talk about it. Did you watch yeah. when he walked off and looked back and everything? Did you watch that, that live? That was terrible. That hit me in the feels. As much as, was, as much as like I, you know, <clears throat> I think Drew Brees is somewhat overrated. You know, when you see a guy like that coming off the field last yeah, time, it reminds me. I mean, it reminds me of you know my last couple of games in in high school and in, in college, where it's just it's hard to come to grips with. You know, it's over and and uh, it's it's sad to see, but um, you know, it's it was time. It was time. For yeah, Brees and Rivers retiring and it's just like i would like like you're saying i wasn't even necessarily a fan of either in terms of like rooting for but they both are good guys it's just like i'm sure you can relate to this we're both 24 and it's like you're starting to see the guys that you grew up with start to leave the game Mm -hmm. and like so many of them were like the reason you fell in love with football and like the special plays they made and everything like that oh yeah and luckily, when we were younger, we got to see 
the last generation, kind of the back end of their careers, like the Brett Favre types. Um, but he didn't really, at least I never really, when I was like 10 or 11, like you don't really appreciate like what they did or what they accomplished or who they really were aside from like being a Madden player. Yep. Um, so it's just, it's such a weird transition for me, like in life seeing like these guys, I'm like, wow, I'm really getting old now. Like my childhood stars are retiring and seeing them play with like their four kids after the game. It's just like, wow, like they're just another human now, you know, adult. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It was tough yeah, seeing that. Especially this year where we'll see, you know, Phil Rivers already announced his retirement. Drew Brees is likely going to announce his retirement and big Ben, who knows? I mean, I would say it's probably leaning towards he's retiring. If, if I had to guess, I'd probably say he's going to retire. But regardless, I mean, you're losing two, maybe three Hall of Fame quarterbacks that, you know, have been a staple in the league for 15 years now. And, yeah, I mean, I don't remember football. I don't remember loving and watching football without those three guys in the game. Yeah, so right. it'll be, it'll be weird. I think Larry Legend, he's retiring. Yep. Pit guy, shout out to him. Yep. But yeah, like I think that's Minnesota, my point. Like, hey, you don't, Minnesota guy too. Yeah, true. Out. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I think that's my point. And like, there's some little kids out there who that's like the Mahomes of the world or their guys. And to them, they're like, who is this old man Breeze? Like, I mean, <laughs> yep. he must he must be pretty good. But I don't really know. It's like that the transition of power is a weird it's a weird deal. But just got to give them a little shout out before we ended that segment of t- recapping this week's games. But I also, before we go into the, the championships, we got to talk about the Brady Breeze on the field after. Because I think this, put, this puts into a question, and I think unless you're a Patriots fan, I can't imagine like you were just rooting for the Patriots or Tom Brady at all because who roots for the team that just is dominating? Like I feel like everyone, majority of the people out there probably dislike, strongly dislike the Patriots or Tom Brady, or both. And now after that little interaction at the end, it makes you wonder, did you hate the Patriots, or did you hate Tom Brady, or did you hate both? And now that you see that, maybe you're like, Tom Brady might not be that bad of a guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we have skewed views of this because we went to school out east where, you know, we were we were surrounded by mass holes who just – love Tom Brady, love the Patriots more than anything. And, and I've said for forever that I respect the Patriots organization. You know, you can't, you, you know, and, and same with like the Warriors where I hated the Warriors because, you know, they're just better than everyone. And then they got KD and it's like, really, did you need that? And, but at the end of the day, you have to respect a team like that that's able to succeed in a league that everyone else is getting paid to win and to, to beat that team and, and you still can't do it. So the Patriots deserve credit, but yeah, it was always a question of, did, did I hate the Patriots? Did I hate Bill Belichick? Did I hate Tom Brady? <laughs> I still stand by it that I, that I think I hate Tom Brady, even though he seems like somewhat of a nice guy. And we talked about it a little bit beforehand. He just wins at everything. You know, he's got a supermodel wife. He's got six, six rings. You know, he first year in the NFC, he goes to the, he goes to the NFC championship game. So like, yeah, you know, he's a winner, and I mean, you can't argue with that. But I still hate him. I, I, I hate him. <laughs> I don't care that he and Drew Brees and he threw a ball to his son, whatever. Might I say that was the ball was a little underthrown. That corner, that corner play was not 
not – if that corner went for the ball, he's picking that. So, <laughs> I just want to say that. But, yeah, I mean, you can say, say this. this. That, you can say that Tom Brady looks like he's a great guy, but you also forget, and I don't know if we even want this in the podcast, but you forget he left his pregnant wife for Giselle. So, I'll just say that. He had a pregnant wife, and he left her for Giselle while she was pregnant. So, I'll just say that. That is – I'll say this. Now that he's out of the AFC, I definitely don't dislike him as much as I did. Like, seeing him win in the NFC, it's kind of like, in my view, like, yeah, see what, we, see what we've been dealing with for 20 years? Now you guys – imagine if he was doing this every single year. You, you'd probably hate him. I guess you still do hate him, but it was, it was – it was a really nice moment to see because I think a lot of people forget that like these guys are actually just normal human beings after the game when it's said and done. And it was kind of like a, just two friends hanging out and playing with the kids. It was, it was, it was like a nice moment to see after the game. I think everyone can agree on that. There were some people like, what do you, he, he wouldn't have been out there if they lost, it's like, yeah, because it wouldn't have been Drew Brees' last game, idiot. Like, the whole reason he went out there is because he knew and he wanted to, like, talk to him a little bit and do that whole dance because this is, like, this is the last time we're ever going to see each other on the field again. Like, he probably wanted to just, you know, pay his respects, as they say. So, it was a really cool moment nonetheless. I just wanted to touch on that. I So, you say you still hate him. I'm definitely kind of going off that train a little bit. I, I don't – yeah. It's tough. I mean, it's t- that was a re- I don't know. It's tough. There's like you're saying, and I do think he knew about the deflate. I think he knew about the balls. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I think he's a cheater when he was. So I, it goes so many different routes here. Um, but I just wanted to. We had to bring that up because it was such a, like a viral moment after the game. Yeah, I mean, I think part of my hatred is also, and you know, we can transition basically into the game with this. Part of that hatred, I think, is that I I think very firmly very strongly that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Tom Brady. So that is part of the reason that I think I despise Tom Brady because everyone blows him so, so much. But with that said, that makes this upcoming game even more nerve wracking for me because I want nothing more than for Aaron Rodgers to just crush his dreams and, and take him out and take out Brady and then win a Super Bowl and prove that he's the best quarterback of all time. But <laughs> Tom Brady dude he just wins it it pisses me off because I don't think he's good but he just wins he always does he he's always there he's always got the shot and him just being in this game if Tom Brady wasn't the quarterback if it was the same exact quarterback just with a different name I wouldn't be nervous about this game but because it is Tom Brady and I just don't want him to succeed to this year that is like half the reason that I'm so nervous for this game yeah, I I couldn't agree more. There's just something about it. Like, I, I remember even games that we would beat the Patriots. Like, I literally would not feel comfortable until, like, there was, like, 10 seconds left and we had the ball. Yeah. Like, there was oh, just yeah. – you're just like, there's somehow going to – he's going to win somehow. Like, Every time. It, even if it's not him, just, like, there's plays that go the way. Like, the luck is just wild. It's crazy. Um, so, a few things. There's snow in the forecast as of today. If it snows, do you think that favors the Packers or Bucks, or it's kind of nullified? Because I th- – like Tom, he played in the snow every year in New England. 
So he's kind of used to that whole jazz. Yeah, but I, I think it's more – I mean, it's more than just Tom Brady, though, dude. It's it's about everybody that has to play there. I Honestly, I would almost say snow, like, affects quarterbacks the least because they're, they're making the, the least dynamic movements. Like, who it really affects is, is running backs, wide receivers, corners, like, making open field tackles, making cuts on guys, like – when you have that experience, which Packers players do, they're used to playing not only in the in, in snow, but in cold. Playing in cold is a big factor as well. And, you know, Tom Brady, yes, of course, he's played in, in the snow and in the cold. But that's not to say, like, like Mike Evans, when has he really done that? Chris Godwin, when has he really done that? You know, there, there's tons of players on their team. I mean, what, Godwin went Chris, to Penn State. Okay, but Penn State, they only play into, like, November. Like, they, they're not playing in the dead of winter. It's totally – he was still on campus. It was cold as hell. Like, trust you me. You can say, okay, you can say that about any team then. Like, you could say that about the Rams. Like, the Rams. Like, oh, they – I agree. You know, Aaron Donald, he played at Pitt. Like, he should have been used to the cold and, like, whatnot. But the cold <laughs> always comes into it. It doesn't – you you become acclimated to where you're from. You become acclimated to Florida. And then when you have to go to Green Bay and play in freezing temperatures with snow, it's totally different. So, I definitely think – it favors the Packers if it's snowing and and that it's going to be cold. It definitely favors them. But I don't think it's as much so as maybe another team because, you know, I – and even then, I don't know if snow is guaranteed. I, I know it's supposed to be cold, but I don't know if snow is guaranteed. And regardless, I, I think it does favor the Packers, but maybe, you know, not as much as people may think. I don't know if it's guaranteed either, but I, I remember last week and they were talking about it and then I checked today – and it was still forecast. I think it's like 40% chance or something. Um, but I, I, I think it kind of favors the Bucks. I think the Bucks defense, run defense, their front seven is really good. And I think they could definitely stop your run. And I, I, think, I think the Buccaneers Rams, – Rams defense – Rams rushing defense was number one in the league, and look what happened. I think the Bucks running backs are also very good. And I think – Tom Brady, Dinkin and Duncan with his tight ends and short throws and running backs. I think they could be a problem in the snow. Like I, I think, I don't know. I could see, and you say the Rams run defense, but Aaron Donald was hurt. We know that. And I'm taking the two linebackers from Tampa Bay over whoever the hell the linebackers are for the Rams and stopping the run. So we'll see. I think it's, it was worth talking, worth mentioning, talking about because it's going to be cold and maybe snowy. So It'll be interesting. And I think that also is a serious thing to point out because since 2014, had the stat prepared, only three wide receivers have 60-plus touchdowns, including the playoffs, and all three of them are in this game, Adams, Brown, and Evans. So if you, if you, if you take away some of those receivers with really bad weather which probably won't happen but just theoretically speaking it could be a whole different kind of ball game um so i i don't know it, it could be itch- i hope it's just cold so like the weather doesn't really affect the game um but we'll see i'll say this uh last time the packers had snow in a game uh it was against the titans and Devonte went for 11 142 and three so snow will not affect Devonte adams i don't think it'll affect um Antonio Brown Godwin maybe less so but Evans I mean when's the last time he played in snow like that that does make a difference so um you know and I want to say this as well um I've seen a lot of things about like 
oh, the Bucks killed the Packers earlier this, this year. So, like, why wouldn't – like, they're going to kill them again. Or, like, they have a – why would they not be even favored? Like, they should, they should win this game. Like, they killed the Packers earlier this year. What happened in the Bucks saints games earlier this year? Like, the Saints crushed the Bucks earlier this year, and then they ended up losing to them last, last week. So, I don't think you can really take yeah. much out of, a, out of a regular season game, especially in a game like that where that is – really the only game this year the Packers truly played bad. You can say that the Packers didn't play, you know, up to maybe how they should in a couple of games, but that was like the only game where the Packers truly played terribly. So I almost look at that game as an, as an anomaly. And I think the, the Packers, I mean, Lafleur and Rogers have said essentially the same thing where you, there's not even much to take from those games. It was such an, no. a weird game. So, you know, I throw that game out, out of the window. Um, I am nervous for this game as a Packers fan, but with that said, I also have a lot of money on the Packers minus three. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really take previous games into consideration. Like once, once like you're in the playoff, once you're in the thick of it, I'm talking like divisional round championship games, Super Bowl. Anything, everything goes out the window and the lights come sure. on. Like that, that, uh, like that's just irrelevant. And I don't think either team, like you know, damn well, Brady isn't thinking. Well, we beat them earlier. Like he's probably grilling them this whole week. To, like yeah. that, that game doesn't mean anything. Exactly. Um, but in terms of the trench matchups, I think it'll be an awesome trench matchup again. For sure. I think I saw that Via Vale may come back. Yeah. He's a big out of, boy. Out of, out of the <laughs> clouds, a... Vita Vea coming back with a broken ankle. I saw that on Twitter. I was like, what the hell? He's what huge. Did, like, how did this happen? But so, him yeah, I mean, and Sue and him, uh, Sue, JPP. Yeah. I mean, absolute studs on that D-line. But, again, Packers O-line is – I mean, they're the best left in the playoffs, and I would argue maybe the best in the league, especially pass, pass blocking. Um, so – that will be a fun matchup. And the other side, too. I mean, I was going to say the other side, Jensen, animal, big guy supporter. We love Jensen and Werfs. Werfs, yeah. I saw something on Twitter that was an interesting theory that, you know, almost like, you know, basically throwing someone out as bait. And, and someone suggested doing that against Werfs, where it's like, just accept that Werfs is, is really fucking good and that he's going to stop whoever he's against. So just put someone else there on every play and live with it elsewhere. I, I like I saw someone say like put Preston Smith on worse every play. He probably won't do anything the whole game, and that's fine. Let Zadari Smith has have his own chance on the other side against Donovan Smith. So that's an interesting theory. But you know, again, also in the middle you have Kenny Clark, who is a stud. He's a beast on the D line. So him and Jensen. Um, Mark Pett, you know, they, they yeah. have some killers at guard on the <laughs> inside there. That'll be so then, fun to watch. And then for the Packers also, Rashawn Gary, who he's a little he's more unassuming. Good. He has I, – I saw a stat, and again, I've, I've quoted PFF multiple times now, but since week 10, Rashawn Gary is the number one rated uh, pass rusher in the league. So he creates pressures. He hasn't gotten a lot of sacks this year, but he pressures as much as almost anyone in the league. So um, – yeah, and, and with both these quarterbacks, you know, if you can pressure them, and I mean, that's true with any quarterback, but especially with Brady, I think, if you can pressure him, if you can get him on his ass, this has been the, it's been the, you know, the blueprint to beat Tom Brady for years. If you can get him on his butt, you can, you can beat him. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, but that, uh, you can't be playing soft zone against Tom Brady, though. No, 
So I am definitely can't do that, bro. I'm so worried about Mike Patton because I, oh my God, all year, all I was, all I said was, please just play man, play man. You have Jair Alexander. That's taking away half the field. No one can throw on him. Play man, let your D line go after it. And then you go out against the Rams fucking he had D lineman dropping <laughs> the entire first half. Kenny Clark was out in, in coverage uh, against Robert Woods for a couple plays. Like Preston Smith uh, was so lined funny. up one-on-one with Robert Woods. Like, what are we doing, Mike Patton? Like it's Yeah, insanity. you can't do that. If you do that, Brady will beat you. Yeah. Trust no, me. I, he'll, I, he'll find I your mismatch and he'll exploit it. I'm hoping that that was all just like a big ploy for the for the Bucks to think that it's going to be all zone from the Packers. And then he just throws a fast one out there. And like, we haven't played man all year and we're going to do it now. But I don't know. I have, I have zero. Yeah. I mean, and it's also, coordinator. it's scary to play man though against the Bucks with like, if a, a B he's like day to day, he might not, he, he's not really hundred percent. So that, that definitely favors the Packers. His knees messed up. But like, wait, wait, they have Evans, Godwin, a B Gronk. Um, Brate, like it's tough to play man against like all his weapons. Then you have like Fournette out of the backfield too. Like that's for sure. It's definitely challenging. It'll be an interesting matchup. But you're obviously going with Packers minus three. I'll take Bucks plus three just to Bastard. make it interesting because we can't just both <laughs> take the Packers. Um, I think I, the best way to explain this, which I was talking about earlier with my friend, I think I would take both. I would take the Packers and Chiefs just straight up. But if you're doing spreads, I think I like the Bucks and Bills. Just they're such, those they're, points. Yeah, they're both just they're both really good teams, and I can see them both winning. So, like, why not take the points just for the hell of it? Um, but to move into the final game of the night, AFC Championship, Bills versus Chiefs. I am on fully on the Bills train. That like some people are like, can they beat like the Chiefs? Like, hell yeah, they can. They can definitely beat the Chiefs. They're head to head. Now I think that this the whole this is like where it comes down to. I think the Bills' defense is better than the Chiefs' defense, but as Allen and Diggs, it's basically Allen and Diggs with an occasional other guy making a play. Is they are they good enough to continue like keep up with scoring or outscore the Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, Hardman factory that's the Kansas City Chiefs? I think that's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, no, it's – I mean – It's tough. We say, we say it every week. The Chiefs just have so many weapons. It's, I know. They're it's so really – it's just an embarrassment of riches. So, you know, if, if Mahomes is, if Mahomes is, is playing, I, I, won't, I will not bet against them. I will take them, absolutely. But anyone who's saying or questioning whether or not the Bills can win, absolutely yeah, right. can win. Absolutely. Not, I mean – we haven't seen the Chiefs play – I've said this how many weeks in a row. We haven't seen the Chiefs play a full, complete, good game in, you know, 10 weeks. And, and when, you're, when, you're, when you're flirting with fire like that and you, you're coming up against a buzzsaw like the Bills, like there's, there's – <laughs> of course the Bills can win this game. I think, I think there's, there's a possibility in there that the Bills win by multiple scores. Like that could easily happen. So, um, you know, I think this will be a – I mean, again, it's the it's – the, the conference championship game. I think it's going to be an awesome game. I think it'll be a super fun game. It'll be fun to see, you know, some of these matchups like, you know, Trey Davis white and, and uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, it'll be fun to see Kelsey and, and, 
I mean, Kelsey's just such a stud. Every time I watch him, I'm still so astounded yeah. by just how, how he's crappy gross. he is. He's so good. And, um, but the tray, you know, like Ed, Edmonds is a savage. So like, I think Edmonds can run with him a little bit. So it's true. I think the, the I think the Bills do match up, but like the 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 Chiefs just score at will at the same time. And the Bills not scoring, what, the Ravens defense is very good. Like I think I don't think that was I don't I feel like people didn't talk about that enough. Like Ravens secondary is gross, but like it still was kind of worrisome that the Bills the Bills kind of struggled to 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 score, um, like they have been. So I don't know if that's more of the Bills maybe not playing as well or is that the Ravens just being that like that much better defensively I don't yeah. know but it is, it is worrisome that like the only option kind of is Stefan Diggs like every play so if you kind of shut him down they really only have like Gabriel Davis I guess Beasley but Beasley's like a drag route kind of guy he's not stretching the field I don't know I I, yeah. I just wonder is he one-dimensional with just Diggs but is he yeah, just Diggs so good that it doesn't matter yeah, that's the thing is, like, both these teams are obviously a pass-first offenses, and they run through their passing oh, game. For if sure. the passing game's successful, they're going to be successful. But, I mean, the Bills almost don't have a running game at this point. Like, they are so ineffective on the ground that – versus yeah. the Chiefs, the Chiefs can still make some make some plays on the ground. Like, it sucks not having Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but you still have Le'Veon Bell. Damian Williams is, is pretty solid. Um or sorry, is Damian Williams still on the team, or is it Daryl Williams? No, he he's he opted out, didn't he? He opted Darryl out, which Williams. I think people forget how good he was in their Super Bowl run. But yeah, yeah it's it's some other Williams, but he like looked yeah. he looked pretty good. Daryl Williams, but yeah, he looked he looked pretty good uh, last week, and so but you know all this is to say the Chiefs actually have a run game. The Bills really they don't have a run game, so. Yeah. When you're one dimensional like that, regardless of how you know explosive you are as a quarterback and and you know with your wide receivers with yeah. Diggs and, and Beasley and whatnot, and you know I think Dawson Knox is a pretty good uh, Knox. You know, I tight end. He is good. Yeah, he's he's a pretty solid weapon at, at tight end as well. But when you're one dimensional like that, there's only so much you can do. It's it, I agree. It, it's the only thing that worries me about the Bills. I that's that's what that's that's what worries me too. Like the Chiefs' defense isn't they're not elite by any means but they're good enough clearly mm-hmm. and I, I think they're good enough they can really strategize around like just shutting down digs and oh, yeah. like that's that's what bill belichick does great and like uh, people have talked about it before exploit your weakness on defense and take away your best weapon on offense yeah you take if you take away like let's say like digs is getting a, three catches max like who? Who in the Bills? No one really scares me that much. Like Gabriel Davis, Beasley, Knox, like Devin Singletary. Not really. So if Mahomes is healthy, full go. You have you have to roll with the Chiefs until they lose, and that's how I feel too. But if to make things interesting, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind just picking the Bills and some points just to do it, spice things up. I would. I mean. Ultimately, if I had to choose a Super Bowl matchup, I would want Packers Chiefs just because I think that's the best the best football matchup, the best the two best teams. I think it is. But man, I just love Buffalo, the city, the the team. I know. Like it I really my heart is with Buffalo, but my my head is with the Chiefs. I would love to see Bills Mafia in the Super Bowl. I mean, that would just be so great. That <laughs> franchise hasn't had hasn't had anything to cheer for for decades. It would be so fun to see them in the Super Bowl. So that's the only thing that it really makes me, you know, 
I want the Bills to win. I do yeah. want the Bills to win. I just don't think they will. I think a lot of people feel that way too. Like it's it's okay. tough. It's tough not to like the Bills right now. They're just mm-hmm. like a they're kind of a crowd favorite. But as as a Packers fan, say you win, would you rather play the Bills or Chiefs in the Super Bowl? I think I'd still rather play the Chiefs. I I mean, either way, it's gonna be a tough game. Yeah. But I would Super love Bowls to are never see. Easy. Yeah, I would love to see. Rogers outduel Mahomes in in an ideal world. Crazy. Have him outduel Mahomes. I mean, who Brady, wouldn't want to Brady, see Brady Mahomes? I I'll also say this: Who has there ever been a greater matchup in, or a, a better four quarterbacks left in the playoffs? Like yeah, in the this is great. championship. Like this is about as good of quarterback play you can possibly get at this point in the season. So that's pretty that's pretty fun. Just just as as NFL fans. Yeah, for sure. I I was actually thinking that too. I was talking to my buddy about it. We were saying like, just thinking about like, like the quarterbacks left, whoever wins, it's going to be like a sweet matchup in the Super Bowl. Either yeah, way. Absolutely. I think what's, I think it all uh, four left. Is that the top four offenses in the league? The four people left. Cause I know it's the uh, Packers, Bills, Chiefs. I don't know about the Bucks. I don't know where they are offensively. It's at least the top three, which is kind of hilarious. Like it's just, Clearly, offense is winning in the NFL nowadays. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking it up right now, but I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Like, in terms of scoring, the top four – oh, it looks like it's Green Bay, Tampa, Buffalo, and then Tennessee. Kansas City's fifth, actually, which is weird. I would have thought it is, Kansas City was up there. But, but I mean, yeah, five of the top <laughs> four. So, that is – that's pretty – I mean – That's pretty exciting. It shows you. Offense, yeah, offense in today's game wins. Defense Does. isn't going to cut it. Seriously, though, you need, like, a good enough defense. Sorry, Steelers fans. If you're, if you're scoring 30 points, that's honestly all that matters. Yeah, but see, we had, <laughs> we had an absurd offense, and we blew it against the Jaguars. We scored, like – that was, like, probably – I'm trying to think. It's, I'm not going to say it was the worst loss in Tomlin's era because it oh, wasn't. You're talking, you're talking Blake Bortles? We're talking the, yeah. the boat? Remember, Steelers, Steelers literally put up like 42 points and lost. Like, that is so just funny. Crazy bad. That's just not to mention bad. that Jags team should have gone to the Super Bowl. Miles Jack had a clean strip of, uh, was it? Yeah, see? That, that was a shame. I remember watching that in Ireland. I was pissed because I wanted to pay <laughs> Think about that. So bad. And then, Tucker, hey, will, we, Tucker will, that's clearly a scoop and score. Hey. But we Martin saw Lynch that we were together. We were together when we saw uh, the Patriots lose that. We were in Amsterdam. Remember that? Yeah, we were. We were in Amsterdam and we watched the Patriots lose. And man, what a what a night that, that was. was! Watching the Patriots <laughs> lose to, the, to Nick Foles and the Eagles. That was an amazing game too. That was like one of the best Super Bowls I can remember. Honestly, I remember the strip really sack of game. Brady in the, late in the fourth quarter, and we were just like, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> they're actually going to lose! I can't believe it." <laughs> but then like the next morning i was like i think it's over like i think they're done and then they end up winning like and that, that, that i think they won the next year our senior yep, year they did so, i was wrong on that because i was like he <laughs> was their coach that went to detroit i was like he's leaving there like patricia leaving. yeah yeah patricia's gone i was, I was like they're done dude <laughs> then they just win the next year yeah but that's that's how it's always been with the patriots but at least that's over unfortunately the the brady part is not yet yeah, and we may be entering the Chiefs era of doing the same thing. So, oh boy, what are you gonna do? But I mean, that's just how sports goes. There's always like a one or two or three teams that just dominate like a decade. You know, it's kind of just oh yeah, kind of the 
natural progression of leagues, and at least it's the Chiefs. I mean, I'm glad it's not like the Cowboys or somebody, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> sure. There's a Cowboy fan listening right now. Like, damn you. <laughs> America. <laughs> screw this. Ass. Yeah. Screw this podcast. <laughs> so that's all we got for this week, but uh, be sure to turn in next week. We have a very special guest coming out of college football, potential first round pick in this upcoming draft. So that's always exciting to, to have a big man on, on the podcast. Who's, going to be doing some big stuff in the league. So look forward to that. Um, But with that, we'll close out this episode of the Big Uglies podcast. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at WeAreBigGuys, as well as our new Twitter account at TheBigUglyspod, which has been been growing recently. We're trying to get to that 1K mark, and and we're we're slowly creeping there. So keep keep, uh, spreading the word on the Big Uglies pod. Also, don't forget to download and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. And hit up our merch store on the We Are Big Guys uh, Twitter account for all your big man apparel needs. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.